Welcome back to Mastering Retail, an e-commerce masterclass covering everything you need to know about the world of digital commerce brought to you by Flywheel Digital. My name is Emma Irwin, your host for this series, and I am a senior editor and specialist at Flywheel. In this episode, the second of two parts, we're going to further master digital commerce in Asia, covering the next three key marketplaces in China, JD.com, Douyin, and Pinduoduo. In part one, we covered Alibaba, Tmall, and Taobao with Amber Chen, SVP Strategic Partnerships and Global Account Development China at Flywheel Digital, which you should definitely head back and listen to to get yourself up to speed, in addition to all of the other episodes in this season. So to help us grasp these marketplaces, we're going to learn from the perspective of me, a Western consumer working for Western brands, wanting to give these brands the information necessary to excel in retail and media elements on a global scale. In this episode, Amber will, at a high level, teach us about these three marketplaces by covering operations, retail elements, advertising, consumer experience, the key characteristics of winning brands or sellers, and so much more, including banana farmer live streams. You heard that correctly. Now, we usually begin our episodes asking the guests about the last thing they purchased on whichever platform makes sense for the episode, which we know from part one with Amber was some Fenty Beauty makeup from Taobao. We don't, however, know what one of the mentioned 100 items on her digital wish list are, so you will have to wait until the end of this episode to find out. Without further ado, we're going to dive straight into learning about JD.com. So let's begin with an overview of this marketplace. Yeah, JD.com is very interesting because in, in most of the time in China, we will say those mid-age uh, men, they are the biggest sponsor of JD.com. It was quite similar <laughs> to the boss of this company, <laughs> right? So <laughs> love that. Yes, and actually, JD starts their business from selling those we say digital products uh, like computers, laptops, earphones, all those dig- digital appliances. They starting their business from there, and then they gradually grow themselves into all category covered markets. So seeing from that, from their digital products, we we understand why a lot of middle-aged men was their biggest supporter. And the other thing is, uh, things JD they themselves are the online distributor for a lot of products. So JD has very big bargain power over the price of some products. So it was like they can set the price of a specific products by themselves. And they can choose the service for different consumers. So whenever you don't like the products on JD, you can return it very easily. And JD also promised their products are genuine because in like 20 years ago in China, whether the product is genuine is a very serious question in China. <laughs> People really <laughs> afraid of buying those fake things, especially on digital products area. So uh, I think those are the key that makes JD really popular in China. And also, of course, JD has a very large logistic system. So in most of the case, those products were delivered by JD itself. It wasn't by those third-party logistic companies. And all the JD, uh, all the people working on JD logistic system, they wearing the red jacket, which is a very clear symbol of their brand image. So we will always say those little brother from JD Logistics is very <laughs> gentle and very 
close with all their buyers. So in any sense, they they start their business from a different perspective, but they are still doing it quite well. In part one, we heard Amber talk about how Alibaba is essentially like a shopping mall, kind of renting out spaces to different online storefronts and not actually owning any inventory. With JD.com, we just heard Amber discussing how JD is the distributor of products, meaning that JD actually has inventory and warehouses and acquires inventory from suppliers and owns that sightline to the end consumer almost the whole way. She also mentioned the delivery drivers wearing red vests, and everyone knows who they are, which is similar to the blue vests of Amazon delivery drivers over here. This got me thinking about speed of delivery. I'm sure delivery after purchase is speedy in China, especially in the dense cities, but do shoppers have to pay for quicker free delivery via a membership program kind of like Amazon Prime? Yes, yes, JD have their plus member. And would you say most people, people who shop on JD.com, are they yeah. JD plus members? I think so. Quite a lot of them are because with JD's plus membership, you can have free shipping 12 times a year, a month. And also you can get a member exclusive coupon. So if you really want to do the price comparison between Timo and JD, in most of the case, JD is cheaper than products on Timo, <laughs> especially on those traditional digital products because they have really close connection with all those brands. And if we compare the business size of uh, JD on, on digital products, that was much bigger than Timo. I see. And in my research of trying to understand JD.com, it sounds like JD.com has a first party kind of business and third party sellers yes. as well on there, right? Yes, but their third party sellers but. takes up only <laughs> less than 10% of the total GMV. To compare this, third party sales are the majority of Amazon's GMV, and the share of third party sales is growing. If we see, if we say who is the biggest e-commerce company in China, it wasn't Alibaba. Actually, it was JD because all the G GMV, it was JD's GMV, right? All the GMV was JD's revenue. But as in Alibaba, all the, all the GMV, that was only a pass-through. <laughs> so that's the difference between their, the nature of their business. Huh. Interesting. And is... The advertising media ecosystem on JD.com as complex as what Alimama offers? Does it all tie back to Alimama? Does JD.com have their own media business going on? Yes, JD have their media business, but what, that was way much smaller comparing to Alimama. Let's that, that's, uh, see the number. For Alimama, their revenue on advertising every year was over 300 billion RMB. <laughs> Yes, but for JD, that was around only 20 billion RMB. Mm, so, interesting. yes, that was much, much smaller. And JD see themselves as a commercial company. So their biggest revenue was from the, we, we say they are the distributors. So they earn money mainly from selling products. They didn't earn a lot of money from selling advertisement. Interesting. That's kind of diff. I feel like that's kind of... That's pretty different from a lot of. It's always that all the money comes from advertising. Yes. And the other thing is those advertising either on system-wise or the product-wise on JD, they are much easier 
or much simpler than Alibaba. With that, we're going to talk about the next marketplace, Douyin, which you could compare to TikTok. Douyin and TikTok are actually owned by the same company, ByteDance. However, Douyin has some more advanced capabilities when it comes to commerce. Yeah, it's、uh, actually it's very interesting because Douyin have their e-commerce business、uh, less than three years. It wasn't like in the first day of Douyin they they are an, an e-commerce app already. Douyin, I think Douyin was founded. I think I mean the app was launched in twenty seventeen or even before. I don't remember the exact time, but they just have their e-commerce business in the past three years, and they almost double or triple their number every year. Crazy. Yes, and its total GMV has so already reached. I think it's let me count the zeros. <laughs> Yes, they have almost 1.4 trillion RMB in GMV in year 22. It takes them only three、oh、years、goodness. to reach the trillion size business. In trillion, we means 1,000 billion, right?、Mm-hmm. If we see the number, actually, it takes Tmall around 15 years to reach that number. So Douyin is really growing extremely fast. Their fast growing is kind of closely related to the COVID situation in China and all, and I think all around the world, of course. But people have a lot of spare time; they can't go outside, they cannot visit offline stores easily, so they spend a lot of time on Douyin. But originally, Douyin is still an entertainment and information app. People see a lot of short short videos here. And through that, Douyin has a lot of users. They own a large, large pool of traffic. And we always say Chinese people—they are so smart. Whenever they see there's a chance of traffic, how to drive those traffic into business? Sometimes they will say we sell advertisements here, but they also see the deeper side of it. It was like we not only sell advertisement, we drive people to buy. So that's why gradually Douyin app was combined with、uh, e-commerce. But on the other side, actually, it's a little bit complicated because when people come to Douyin, of course, some people will say, "I'm here to shop now." But most of the time, people come here to get entertained. They want to see those interesting videos. They want even for live streaming. Some of most of the people live stream not for sale. They live stream. About their life, they want to be the KOL online. They want to share <laughs> their life, their visits of different tourist place with their fans or people passing by. So at this moment, we see that Douyin is kind of need to split itself into two parts. One is for for selling things. One is for entertaining people. And you used KOL, which I think is key opinion leader. If、yes, I'm doing that correctly. Yes, I learned something. <laughs> I remember、yes. something. Yeah, for those we we say they want to be celebrities online, and in the previous time we know there are MCN companies in the Western world, right? We see those YouTubers. They got revenue from the advertising system of YouTube, maybe, and they. They can also get advertisement fee or KOL fee from different brands, as long as they endorse their products, they share 
the usage of their products on their channel. But in China, it was even more interesting because those celebrities or KOLs they find it even easier to make money if they just sell products to consumers directly. They became they they themselves became the selling channel. They use their influence to convert their fans into their consumers, so they can make even bigger amount of money from that. So there is a lot of we say urban stories about how those celebrities making a huge amount of money through selling things online. <laughs> The complications that Joying faces in wanting to be able to please both the people who visit the app to shop and the people who visit purely for entertainment remind me of our episode with Patrick Quagan Smith from Perpetua on social commerce, where we talked about finding the right balance on apps like TikTok and then executing useful advertising campaigns such as really knowing the target audience and not overwhelming them with ads. Additionally, it's really interesting to me that Joying started off on day one with e-commerce capabilities, while TikTok has really only just begun. With how quickly Douyin has grown, it will be interesting to see where it goes. We have one more marketplace to cover, and that is Pindodo or PDD. Amber will explain more about PDD, but let me tell you, this marketplace has grown absolutely rapidly in China, and it's pretty unique too. So why has PDD grown so fast? I think the growing of PDD is closely related to what Alibaba do to their、uh, small sellers. <laughs> As we know, Taobao used to be the biggest marketplaces for those C to C business or those small sellers online, right? But they shift their business to more、uh, shift their emphasis of business more on Tmall, so they encourage more and more brand clients to sell things online. And actually, the side effects is Alibaba they have to spare more traffic to those brand products or to those branded clients. In another sense, those small sellers they cannot gain enough traffic from the platform, and they cannot sell things good enough as previous time as previous days. So PDD is the time that they absorbing those small sellers. When we say about the difference between the products sold by those small sellers comparing with branded. Once is that they are selling those、uh, we say white label products. Everybody knows that China has a very big. China is what we say the center of production for the world. <laughs> we have a lot of white label products, and they are extremely cheap, but they are not owned by any specific brand. So all those sellers they can sell those things online much more easily through PDD. So. Of course, PDD starts from those group buy. They just a lot of consumers would like to share their link on WeChat and within their social networks, so people can help them to cut the price, and they can get it real a real cheap price for some、uh, daily goods. So, in some sense, when we say people buy things on PDD, generally people buy a lot of grocery. For example, some fruits, some vegetables, through PDD, and also they buy a lot of white label products. Those really extremely cheap ones. So PDD is getting so popular among rural areas, and also among those elder people in China. It doesn't mean those elder people they cannot buy expensive things, 
but they just like they love to buy those cheaper things. It was like they they win a lot from that buying. <laughs> and when people using the app, it was more or less like they are playing the games during buying because the founder of PPDD actually he himself owned a lot of gaming companies before. <laughs> So for the group buy, or you invite your friends or your families to join PDD, and I get a lower price. This kind of engagement is really making those consumers even more excited. That's really cool. I'd love to get a group buy discount on some fruit. That'd be nice. Yeah, actually, a lot of farmers they would like to sell their agricultural products on、oh, through PDD. All those oranges, apples, bananas—you can buy it in the extreme low price. Of course, the quality of those products on online couldn't be as good as those ones we buy from Sam's Club, but they are still very cheap. It was much more cheaper. It's much cheaper than you buy from the gross grocery store in your neighborhood. Interesting. I watched a video on YouTube yesterday in doing some research, and it was taken from PDD, but it was like a farmer showcasing some bananas, and yeah, people, it was showing how you can go and like buy the bananas with your friends and get the discount on the bananas. And the guy was so happy、yeah. to be selling his bananas. Yes, that's true. You heard us talking about group buying just now, which is something that we don't do much of in the West, nor do we really even have the option. Groupon for activities was kind of the closest that we got. But on PDD for clarification, when you want to buy an item, you can get lower prices if you're able to get others to buy the products with you. And these others can be friends and family, or even strangers that you find on China's Everything app, WeChat. Now imagine if Amazon introduced a feature like that. Just let that sink in. And with that, we have made it through six marketplaces in total: Alibaba, Tmall, Taobao, JD.com, Douyin, and Pinduoduo. I mentioned this in part one, but if you want even deeper dives into these marketplaces, let us know, and we'd be happy to create that content for you. We can finally answer our recurring digital wish list question now. Something that Amber has had on her digital wish list and just won't purchase, and why. And in part one, she mentioned she always has about a hundred items in the carts, so we were immediately friends, of course. Yeah, I just checked my carts just now, and I see the one.、Uh, it's the Whiskey by Sandoli. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good whiskey. Yes, it was because I'm pregnant now, but I really missed the, a zip of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that baby's due soon, so you can get it soon. <laughs> yes, yes. I just put it in, in the wish list. So as long as I I got the baby delivered, I will take a zip. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be very cool. <laughs> And with that, we are at the true end of this episode. Thank you to Amber Chen for taking us through a high-level view of another three key marketplaces in China. Be sure to listen to all of the other episodes in our Digital Commerce in APAC Masterclass series. I've been your host Emma Irwin, and this episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design from Enos Tench. See you next time.